men of genius. Houston, we have a problem. Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. You can't handle the truth! My advice to you, start drinking heavily. What is your major malfunction, numbnut? And I live in a van down by the river. All I need is some tasty waves, cool buzz, and I'm fine. You're a dumbass. Let's go while we're young. Look, Jackie, I don't need to talk to you. It's time for the latest episode of Two Dudes with Attitude, Guilty by Association, presented by Chick-fil-A. We didn't invent the chicken, just a chicken sandwich. Starring Tom Whipple and Ross Budofsky, two guys with unapologetic opinions on social topics, news, and events, along with brutally honest reviews on local businesses, restaurants, and lifestyles. Tom and Ross have lived in Lake and McHenry County for most of their lives, teach and coach athletics together at a local high school, and support local businesses, taking part in local activities, recreation, and having unfiltered yet honest opinions on all that they have enjoyed and endured, good, bad, and indifferent. You have now been granted an all-access pass to hear what these two dudes with attitude have to say this week. By tuning in, you are now guilty by association. Here and now are your hosts, Tom Whipple and Ross Budofsky. And welcome everyone to show number six and the hottest podcast on the World Wide Web, Two Dudes with Attitudes, Guilty by Association. The highly anticipated show where the common phrase among first-time listeners is, Jesus, these guys are assholes. Hello everyone, I'm your host Tom Whipple, and as always, sitting across the table, picking his ear with his finger, then admiring the nugget he has extracted, is my co-host, Ross Badovsky. And Ross, a lot has happened in the two short weeks that we've been dark, and since our remote broadcast down at Waukegan Beach. You are correct. Other than the fact that I'm still shaking on sand on my lap, my keyboard laptop, and I can't get that image of Mr. Baham- Banana Hammock dancing and prancing around in front of us. Um, it was like the dancing elephants in Fantasia. Very good analogy. That did haunt my dreams for many a day after that. But my God, was that guy fat. He was as pink, too. Jesus. Well, let's see. Our Waukegan football team has played three games already this season in a weird spring football season. And we're now 0-3 with no obvious relief in sight. Yeah, and another scoreless night for our beloved Bulldogs as we go down in flames to perennial powerhouse Warren, which was not a shocker, but we did have our third straight fourth quarter running clock, thankfully. Uh, yeah, that is thankful. Um, also, it March Madness is coming to an end tonight, and a new champion in college basketball will be crowned. I don't know about you, but I really haven't paid any attention to it at all. Yeah, although this has been a weird tournament, and... I don't know why I feel that way, same as you, Ross, but maybe because of the schedule adjustments with games being held on Thursdays through Monday instead of the typical Friday through Sunday, or whatever it is, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it, but I just didn't get into it this season like I have the past, but it is Baylor versus Gonzaga tonight for the crown. That's a shocker right there. Well, not really, because Gonzaga pretty much ran the table and is undefeated this year, so... Yeah, and Baylor's only lost two games, I think, so we're... I think it's just one. Is it one? Yeah. I thought it was two. I don't know why. Someone told me two the other day, but either way, so you got one one or two losses between two teams. That's should be fun. 
Should I be? probably won't even watch it. Moving on, Passover and Easter have come to come and gone this weekend. Yeah, I gotta tell you, part of your Passover brisket was delicious. By the way, the Easter Bunny was very generous with me and Debbie this year. And what exciting things did you and the Berowski family do for the two holidays? Well, as you know, I only celebrate Passover. Uh, we don't celebrate Easter. But I went for breakfast yesterday like the typical well, everybody else. You didn't celebrate the uh, crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ that you guys killed? No, we, uh, <laughs> we went to breakfast. Uh, Passover, I just had everybody over. Um, and obviously, you had the brisket that I made with my own two little hands last weekend. And drank an awful lot of wine and some other stuff. Also, today, um, or this week, it's been opening day for the Major League Baseball, and our beloved White Sox have just completed a four-game series <clears throat> in Anaheim. Wow. And travel to Seattle tonight for a three-game set with the Mariners before coming home this Thursday for the home opener versus the KC Royals. Yeah, and it wasn't a good show against the Angels this weekend, dropping three out of four games, but we'll discuss that later on in more detail during our Coach's Corner segment. All right, and in the big news, in, big news in our world this week is we are back in school. Yay! In a, in a hybrid setting, but back in school nonetheless. Yeah, nonetheless, we're in school. Teachers have been in the building full time since last week. We will teach remotely from our classrooms this week and next week before the freshmen and seniors come back by our next show drop on the nineteenth, and the sophomores and juniors on April twenty sixth. Just so you know, I ran one of my classes from the pool deck this afternoon. The pool deck. The pool deck. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm in my classroom as uh, in previous years, but I don't know why, because we could do what we did today from the comforts of our own home, because we've done it for almost a whole school year. Right. If I'm looking at the clock right now, and the clock on the wall says it's nap time. The clock on the wall says 2 o'clock. Oh, wait a minute. Wrong song. Wrong song. All right, yeah, so it has been a busy two weeks in our world, both practically and in our specific fandom world. And we've got a lot to talk about today as we broadcast from the hallowed halls of Waukegan High School and specifically from the Hewitt Center in our beloved library at Brookside Campus. So without further ado, here we go with show number six, but not before our standard disclaimer that our attorneys, Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe, have forced us to relate at the beginning of each show because we don't pay them enough to represent us in court if we are ever to be sued for the stupid shit that we broadcast on a daily basis. So, Ross, would you care to read the legalese for today? I'd be honored. If you are a timid soul, if your feelings are easily hurt or offended, if you are a far-left libtard, a snowflake, or a member of the cancel culture, turn us off now and go watch those yentas on The View talk about why you should never shave your legs, armpits, or trim neither regions for any man or the Feminist Frequency on YouTube discussing why the view rules the world, or some other far-left radical feminist man-hating suck-the-life out of you blithering idiot online ramblings because we are going to hurt your frail, insignificant feelings if you don't. Because whip, why? Because this is our show, we say what we want, and we don't care what you think of us. So there you go. You've been warned. Now let's get on with our bi-weekly collection of incessant ramblings that you all have come to know and love. And we'll start things off again with Ross's and my favorite segment, The Coach's Corner. We'll start off with high school football, and we'll, we'll start locally, Ross, with the Waukegan-North Chicago-Zion Triangle, where our, start, where our beloved Bulldogs, as we said in the opener, we're now 0-3. We haven't scored a point. We've allowed an average of 49 points per game and have played with a running clock in each 
of the three four, uh, second halves that we've played so far. So after losing our home opener, we dropped to Warren 55 to nothing on senior night. On senior night. At least we were on our home field. <laughs> Makes things a little bit easier. That's true. And in our last show, we did allude to the fact that we were going to play Zion after our show dropped, and we did lose that one too, folks. Yeah. 45 to nothing. We did. We lost the 45 nothing. Um, our The COVID climate has decimated our roster. Uh, with no extended camp leading up to the start of the season and having only two weeks to prepare for a season with low numbers, and it's going to be in one of the toughest conferences in the state. I think it's the best conference in the state, but that's I won't go so far as to call it the best, but I'll say it's probably the most competitive because with the exception of two teams, every other team is pretty much vying for a state playoff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and And because of all of the above, kids are getting discouraged, and wondering why we're actually doing this this time of year. Yeah, so thank you, Governor Fatass, and the Congress of Pussies that run the IHSA. True. All right, so Nogo is also 0-3, and they face the same challenges we have getting destroyed by Antioch in their second game, 61-6. Wow, 61-6. to six. I thought that was a typo. Your fat fingers got in the way, but at least apparently not. You know, at least they're scoring. They scored, okay. So, And last Thursday getting dumped on by a now 3-0 Wakanda. Yep, 3-0. Really? Wakanda has not lost a game, folks. They lost 40-6, to six, but again, they scored. That's right. And Zion, after upending us rather easily two weeks ago, they got beat by Stevenson 34-6 to six on their Thursday night contest, and they're now 1-2 and two on the season. With upcoming games, as we're traveling to Mundelein, that should be fun. North Chicago travels to Grays Lake Central, see if they can get off the schneid on that one. And Zion has a home game at Waukegan Sports Park against Lake Forest. I don't see that one as a Zion victory. No, no. Um, we've seen Lake Forest on film already. So, And in the rest of the North Suburban Conference, we had Lake Forest beating Libertyville 23-14. Libertyville is in a world of suck right now. Uh, Mundelein lost to Lake Zurich 23 to nothing. And the upcoming games this week in the North Suburban Conference, Lake Zurich 1-2 and two is at Warren 3-0. Stevenson's two and one at Libertyville. They're two and one, and Lake Forest is two and one at Zion. One and two. Parity, go catch it. Except for one team. Exactly right. Any other things going on in state high school football of note? And when I say of note, in our broadcast area of interest, the rankings have come out. And who of note in eight A has received rankings? Okay, so in eight A, the current rankings are Warren is number seven in the state. Maine South is number nine, and Barrington is number 12. So looking at those three teams, that is not a shock right there. True. A little bit of a shocker for Warren. I thought maybe they could uh, have been up a couple of notches there, but they're coming off of – they lost a lot of seniors from last year's state runner-up team. And they're still top ten, so. That's true. And then in 7A, Libertyville, our conference, they're coming in at number 13, so – Right there, there's two teams in our conference that are ranked in their respective divisions. I've got one more for you going down to 6A. Antioch is number 8, which is not a shock there. Lake Forest, number 10. That's three in our conference that are ranked. And then Deerfield is number 14. Deerfield, go figure Deerfield. Yeah, good, good for you, Deerfield. And only one other team in our local area that we want to note in 4A, Richmond Burton comes in at number 2. They were the... State champions their last full football season. Yes, they were, and they are always good. And that's going to do it for high school football. <laughs> I had a, I had a 
bug just fly in my mouth. So high school football, we're going to go right into March Madness. I think the fly <laughs> that was in your mouth was left over from the beach last time. Could very well be. It looked more like one of those sand flies, but what, whatever. So Is he wearing I, a banana hammock? Oh, thank God, no. Okay. All right, as we said, coming into the broadcast, the dance ends tonight, and a new ballroom queen will be crowned when Baylor and Gonzaga go at it, with Gonzaga attempting to do what no other team has been able to do since the 1975-76 Indiana Hoosiers go wire to wire and win the national championship going undefeated. So who you got tonight, partner? Kind of like Gonzaga. I'd like to see the undefeated team because at 1975-1976, I think I was currently in seventh grade, maybe sixth, and didn't really care much about the basketball tournament back then because couldn't make any money on it. Um, oh, wait, that's something, a different story. <laughs> um, I, I do like Gonzaga. Gonzaga seems to put out the best team. Again, like I said earlier, there's there's just no interest with me this year, and it's because of the, mon- the, 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 the Thursday-Monday instead of the Friday-Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, the COVID, the no fans, the, the, the hype is not there this year. Just all of the above. I mean, there's just so many extenuating circumstances that don't lend to our typical viewing history of schedule. No, say. you're right. I'm going to go the opposite direction. As good as I think Gonzaga is, and they are good, don't get me wrong, they are undefeated and the number one seed in the entire tournament for a reason. I like Baylor for the upset tonight because, remember, March Madness is called that for a reason. Any given team at any given time can pull off the shocker. And just remember, the 1985 Villanova Wildcats defeated a heavily favored Georgetown. I remember that. And then the 1983 shocker when number 6 North Carolina State beat then number 1 Houston at the buzzer for the championship. And let's not lose sight of the fact that Baylor is good. True. True. I remember that 83 game with Jim Valvano running all over the court looking for someone to hug. I know. And no one wanted to hug him. Nope. Not Why? Because he had bad breath. Uh, well, I Okay. One can only assume. All right. All right. So that's going to do it for our brief step into March Madness. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed the tournament more than Ross and I have. But we are looking forward to seeing who's going to be the new champion tonight after all the uh, woeful ramblings that we had about the tournament And that's going to segue us into something that we did not speak upon in our last show that I think we should have a little bit more, which is your and my beloved Chicago White Sox. Or after a lackluster spring training, our Sox are into the regular season after going 1-3 at the Anaheim Angels. And tonight they're in Seattle for a triple against the Mariners. So what are you thinking after just four games, Ross? Um, After watching bits and pieces of games because, again, it's a West Coast game. And you you watch first two, three innings, fall asleep, get up in the eighth inning and watch the end of the game. Uh, I'm not impressed right now. I'm kind of, you know, concerned. The bullpen has kind of collapsed the last couple of games. The hitting hasn't really been there. The defense has been suspect as well. I mean, look at Lewis Robert tried to imitate Jose Canseco, except it wasn't a home run. It was just a, a pop fly. Uh, it just, I don't know. I don't know what it is right now. And let's not lose sight of the fact that after this four-game series with Anaheim, Tim Anderson, our shortstop, is now on the fence for probably two weeks with a tweaked hamstring. Well, yeah, if you watched the game last night, he hit first base funny. Yes, he did. He hit the top of the base and kind of slid, and that's not good. No, so we're going to be down our starting shortstop. 
for a couple of weeks. We're going to be down our starting left fielder for four to five months. Right. Who's, who's next to go down? Don't say. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> yeah. All right. Jinx. All right. So on the flip side, Michael Kopech made his uh, major league debut for this year um, after opting out of last season because of COVID reasons. I think he had lost his mind slightly. I believe you might be right, but... Hey, we're not at liberty to discuss. No, because we don't know. Uh, he came into game two with a one-run lead in, in the seventh and proceeded to blow away all the Angels hitters. And the one specific thing was Albert Pujols, and he blew a 100-mile-an-hour fastball by him and then followed it up with a 98-mile-an-hour slider. That's, Give me a break. That's sick. That's just unfair. That's dirty. You know, uh, if I were the, any hitter going up against something like that and a 98-mile-an-hour slider – for a called strike went by me, I'm just walking off. The field. Just throw me three of those and I'm out. Just uh, don't, I'm, don't waste my time. I'm tipping my cap at you because <laughs> if you can beat me with that, uh, there's no way anybody's going to hit that. Exactly right. Um, he looked good. And he held the lead for Liam Hendricks and then got the win. The starters have looked good. They haven't gone very deep in the games. They've gone five innings. Um, I'm guessing that's the way Tony wants to do things right now. But at some point, you got to let him go because – you are one of the favorites to win a World Series this year. At some point, you got to let the horses run. Well, Larusa has always been pitcher friendly. If if you look back at when he was in Oakland and then uh, in St. Louis, beginning of every season, he never went anywhere close to 100 pitches early on his pitchers. He always let them build up their arm strength. Now, by All Star break, yeah, now you're starting to see him hit, you know, close to 100 few pitches over 100, but I think he's doing it the right way. Give him four, give him five, keep the pitch count down, stay healthy, because can you remember a Tony La Russa managed club that had, that was decimated with pitching injuries? No, actually, you're right. Anything that I remember from Tony, um, especially in, in St. Louis, because that's the most recent trip mm -hmm. he managerial job he had, yeah, I, I, guess, I guess you're right because you think about it, when you get to the the end of July, moving to August, that we start closing in on the, on the playoffs, you need your horses to go. That's true. You don't want to burn your, you know, in a short series, you know, you got a seven-game series or a five-game series, you don't want to burn your bullpen out. You need to have your horses go at least seven innings. So Absolutely. I get where you're coming from, and it makes sense. So, so but he, he has not been in the game for a decade, and – Time will tell to see if his usual ways of treating pitchers from nowadays, where they they've got different conditioning, they've got they've had different off-season uh, workouts to strengthen themselves. It wasn't quite the same ten years ago. Let's see if Tony's way of doing things is actually going to be a benefit for an often beleaguered White Sox uh, pitching staff throughout history. True. Um, and not knowing what he did in, in spring training and how he limited their throwing. So that could be the other case that's leading him to throw four or five innings with their starters too because we weren't privy to that information. Exactly right. Well, that's enough sports talk for this hour. Ross and I are going to go step aside and let some sponsors do the talking while we go expel our morning coffees and Possibly raid the refrigerator in the teacher's lounge to see if some fool new teacher left food sitting in there. And when we return, we will introduce a new segment of our show called Guilty Party. This is Two Dudes with Attitudes, Guilty by Association. Stay tuned for more Guilty by Association with these two dudes with attitudes. 
We'll be right back after a word from these sponsors. How About Learning is an award-winning company created to help improve the quality of content, instruction, and assessment of our students. We know the importance of keeping on top of the trends and the newest research to improve learning retention. How About Learning was created to make a space for educators to assist students outside the classroom walls. We are here to answer your questions. Anything from how a parent can better assist their child with their homework to teachers who need assistance and resources to improve their assessment practices. Visit our website at howaboutlearning.com for more information and to schedule an appointment. Better learning begins when you do. When I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, I also learned about its serious connection with cardiovascular disease. I knew I needed to make some major lifestyle changes that would help me manage my type 2 diabetes. I am working with the American Heart Association to lead an educational campaign called the Heart of Diabetes and share tips that have helped me stay in the know and guide me toward a healthier way of living. Keep active, normalize critical health numbers, opt for a healthy lifestyle, and work with a health care provider. I test my blood sugar every day and plan my meals and activities accordingly. I visit my health care provider often. I take a brisk walk every morning and make healthy food choices. I'm Dr. Dan Jones, president of the American Heart Association. These people are living proof that type 2 diabetes can be successfully managed. Please see your own health care provider and for more information visit iknowdiabetes.org. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Ceremonial First Pitch Thrower-Outer. Mr. Ceremonial First Pitch Thrower-Outer. Dressed in slacks, button-down shirt, and ball cap, you take to the mound, announcing to everyone in attendance, I am fully prepared to make a complete fool of myself. You're on TV. Over the backstop, halfway to the plate, into the back of the umpire's head. Who knows where your throw will land? It hit me in the groin. Your fastball was clocked at a breathtaking eight and a half miles an hour. That's almost ten. So crack open an ice cold Bud Light, oh fryer of the fireball. Watching you will always be our favorite pastime. Mr. Ceremonial first pitch throw out. Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. Welcome back to Two Dudes with Attitude, Guilty by Association. Let's check back in with Tom and Ross as they highlight today's Guilty Party. Sponsored by Roost 59 Chicago Style Grill, home of the famous Roost Burger, serving the best fast food in Lake County. Come see us at our Route 59 location in Lake Villa. And welcome back, everyone, to the hottest podcast on the dark web, Two Dudes with Attitudes, Guilty by Association, the show that gets more hate mail than Rush Limbaugh or Howard Stern ever did, and we give each piece of cancel culture correspondence we get its proper due. And speaking of guilty by association, it's time now for a new segment on the Two Dudes with Attitudes podcast, and we call it Guilty Party, where we highlight a business, event, or social media page that is a friend of the show and give them a little pub and play them up for our listeners in hopes that 
you all will check them out and hopefully find them as enjoyable and useful as Ross and I do. And today we highlight a business that showcases something that is near and dear to both of our cold black hearts. Beer is the nectar of the nitwit. Beer, beer, me love beer. That's right, beer. beer. Specifically craft beers. So not long ago, Ross and I were trolling through Facebook, now that my partner has finally made the daring leap into the 1990s and got himself a Facebook account, so we could find a post or something out, out there that we could crucify on the air for sport in our social stupidity module. And we came across a page that piqued our curiosity, not for stupidity, mind you, but it piqued our interest. And it's called Newbrew, and it's spelled N-E-U-B-R-E-W. The page touts itself as specializing in craft beer tastings for private parties, bachelor parties, corporate events, and stuff like that. And thinking it'd be a great idea. For you and I, at least. Yeah, true that. We wondered if they could possibly do a tasting for us in our two-dude studio on the air. So we decided to reach out and see what these guys are all about. And after meeting the site administrator, Jeremy Newman, and hearing what his business offers, Ross and I were hooked. Yeah, we got into all different craft beers. Jeremy and his brother have sampled and reviewed on the page the tasting possibilities and the local microbrewery bus tours. Yeah, bus tours. There was so much information we got from Jeremy that instead of us telling you we had screwed it up, uh, we needed Jeremy to come over and interview with us and tell us all about his beer. So joining us today on the Guilty by Association dude phone is new brew creator and Cicerone, or beer sommelier, or beer expert, for those of you like my partner who don't have an advanced vocabulary like mine, is Jeremy Newman. And Jeremy, welcome to the show. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me. Uh, we're doing great because we are talking about Ross and my favorite subject, beer. Beer. All right, so you heard the lead-in, so why don't you give our listeners a brief history of Newbrew? So, you know, like, how and why you got started, how long you've been doing this, and what's the premise of what you're doing? So, yeah, uh, about six years ago, I found this uh, beer rating app called Untapped. Uh, that's what grew my, my love for the craft beer uh, industry. Uh, what I started to do was just reviewing beers and trying as many beers as I can, different styles. And, you know, I really fell in love with the industry. And then about two years ago, I decided to take all of that and put it onto Instagram. Uh, I, I started to notice that I had about 11, 1100 different beer reviews. And I saw that, hey, this is content that I can use for Instagram. Uh, and then I started doing that. And then at the top of the pandemic, as soon as we went into lockdown, that's when I really started to hit the head of what I wanted to do with it. And what I came up with, what I want to do as soon as we start getting out of this you know, crazy lockdown is actually start showing people how to properly drink beer and just show all the different styles and all the different crazy combinations that beer enthusiasts nowadays love so that's that's what sparked a new brew and also during the pandemic what what we started to do was you know dabble in the home brewing aspect of it and really breaking down what goes into making of these beers and then you know fell down the rabbit hole and 
you know, now I want to build my social media presence, build these tasting parties uh, to eventually open up my own brewery. Wait, I, I have a question. Is there a specific way to do beer? You mean it's yes. more than just beer and nachos and get drunk and act stupid? <laughs> exactly. Yes. I mean, there's there's definitely different ways to uh, bring about different characteristics with beer. Most people that, you know, again, I was one in college where I was just trying to pound as many beers as I could in the matter of an hour. Um, Who didn't? And and, <laughs> and there there's a time and place for that as well. But you mean uh, you couldn't drink beer out of a uh, funnel in a long tube? Is that is there something different? <laughs> there are there are different ways to drink than that. Yes, and shotgunning beers as well. So, I mean, biggest thing is what I always say when when you're trying to really get the essence and all the 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 n- tasting notes and you know smelling notes of a beer. You always want to smell the beer as soon as you open it. You pour it, you, you get a good amount, I would say about an inch of head uh, on that beer to release some of the you know CO2 and all of the aromas. You're going to smell it a little bit, do small little sniffs, and then one giant inhale. Then you're going to put a little bit, a small little taste in the mouth, swish it around, and then you're gonna then you're gonna swallow. Then you're gonna really focus on what notes that you got from the aroma. You're gonna get it as soon as it hits the tongue, and as and then after you're done swallowing, you're gonna figure out what that aftertaste is gonna be. Again, you're gonna get a lot of depending on the style of beer. Again, the IPA style is going to be a very broad category because you're gonna get a lot of different styles within that subcategory. Uh, but you're gonna get a lot of floral citrusy fruity different notes and depending on the beer so yes there's there's different ways that you're going to enjoy a beer damn dude you almost described my perfect ending of a perfect date but (laughs) i'll digress right there now i got to admit though i'm far from a craft beer buff as you've come to know although i do like a few i'm mostly because you know you and ross have introduced me to a couple kind of like the beers that i like you know like the most people would call a beer snob, meaning like, I like what I like. The commercially marketed beers, good luck swaying me in a different direction. So how would you get someone like me to appreciate assorted craft beers? So biggest thing what I always try and get people into, especially if they're not, if they're set in their old ways and, you know, they go for the Bud Lights, the Coors Lights, uh, the Budweiser's, is those are good sessionable beers, which means that they're going to be lower alcohol content and very smooth, not very heavy, uh, and you can bring drink multiple of them within a session. Boating beers. Um, the, yes. Beers, Boat yes. beers. Boat beers, golf beers, you know, the, drinking all day beers. But when it comes to, you know, craft beer, I, I always, the way that I suggest beers to people who are set in their old ways is, asking them what they're looking for in a beer. Like what, what are some, you know, tastes that they like smells that they like? Do they like heavier beers, fruitier beers, bitter beers, um, more alcohol content, less alcohol content. So again, there's a, there's a wide range that I would get someone interested in the craft beer scene. And again, it it all depends on what, what flavors that person is looking for and what, what types of, um, beers that they've drank in the past. All right, now, the one style that I've come to admire, thanks to you guys, when I say admire, I mean drink to excess, is the, <laughs> is the IPA. 
you know, this style of beer seems to be growing in popularity on the shelves of the grocery and liquor stores that I frequent. What exactly is an IPA, and what is the difference between this and, say, my go-to, like you said, the Bud Light? So the biggest difference between the two, uh, IPA stands for India Pale Ale. Uh, it's going to be more of a hop-forward beer. It's going to be a little bit heavier, higher in alcohol content, um, whereas what you drink, you know, in the Bud Lights and the Miller Lights, Old are style. going to be more of a, a, a pale lager. PBR. Yeah, PBRs, yep. Another good uh, light lager. Um, but those are not necessarily going to be, you know, hop forward. They're going to have a, a good balance between their malts and their hops. Um, and those typically are also made with adjuncts, which are just going to provide, you know, mouthfeel, uh, a little bit lighter, crisp taste. And a lot of the adjuncts that they use in those commercial beers, it's going to be actually rice. So within the brewing process, they're going to use rice to make it a little bit clearer, a little bit more crisp, and make it more of that sessionable beer. All right, so we've seen IPAs, APAs, American IPAs, New England IPAs. I mean, it's mind-numbing to try and figure out what you want to try when you walk down an aisle in a grocery store. Um, Can you tell us, say, the difference between an IPA and an APA? So, yeah, I mean, without going into, you know, much of the brew process between the two, the IPAs are going to be a little bit more bitter, a little bit more hop forward, higher in alcohol content, uh, while the APAs are going to be more of a, a balance between the hops and malts. But you'll typically get more of a, a citrusy, fruity flavor profile with less alcohol content. And typically you'll see in America, you'll see a difference between the West Coast and the East Coast like API rappers. IPA. Yes. Um, but again, it, the, the biggest difference between those two is you're just going to see different floral notes, different, you know, fruity, citrusy notes. Um, but they're not going to be like crazy hot forward uh, as an IPA would. Okay. What, what about English IPAs versus American IPAs? Is that like the East West thing you just talked about? So, yeah, I, the biggest thing with uh, English IPA, it's going to be more malty. Uh, you're going to get more like bread biscuity notes with it it's going to be a little bit darker uh in an amber color and it's going to be less bitter more floral uh, aromas um and they're going to use more uh aroma hops as opposed to american style pale ales are going to be more bittering hops so ip american or apas are going to be more fragrant uh more bitter um and that, that's, that's going to be the biggest difference between an English APA or an English IPA and uh, an American IPA. All right. So let, let's switch gears here a little bit here. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more information about what they'll find if they go onto your Facebook page? I mean, I'm always seeing some new brew. Get it? See what I did there? New brew? <laughs> some new beer that you've reviewed. Right now, what, what we're trying to do is, like I said, we're tr- we want to open up our own brewery. Uh, in, in the near future, hopefully. But what we're doing now is we're just educating. We're, we're, we're putting out different reviews in the Chicagoland area. A lot of uh, breweries that we've done have been recently in the Chicagoland area, but we do all across the country, um, even some international. Um, but, yeah, you're going to find out different reviews. Uh, I'll, I'll go through what, what the beer is going to taste like. Um, and then eventually what you'll start to also notice is we actually created a beer tasting kit that we have uh, 
we're starting to sell and what you're going to get within that kit, you're going to get four beer tasting glasses. You're going to get a beer tasting sheet. And then you're going to also get a cheat sheet that'll show you exactly how to taste beers, what different beers are going to look like, taste like, and have alcohol content of. Again, we'll throw in surprises with there as well. Um, maybe we'll throw in some beers. Maybe we'll throw in, uh, you know, bottle openers, koozies, things like that. Sounds good. Um, next question is, can anyone find and like this page or is it by invitation only? It is completely public. Anyone can go on online. If you're going to go to Facebook, the, the tag is at New Brew Brewing. Twitter, it's at New underscore Brew. And then Instagram's the same thing, at New Brew Brewing, and anyone can follow it. Sounds good. So anyone that's listening, just know that it, it's spelled N-E-U Brew, not N-E-W Brew. So, all right, well, well thank you, you for at spell. least trying to educate me on all things beer. I got to say that I'm even more confused than before this interview even started, but as I said before, beer snobs are the drunk version of old dog versus new tricks, so... Let's move on to the other services you solicit. Tell us more about these microbrew tours and the tastings. Those sound pretty interesting. So what do these services include, say, if we were to schedule you to do one? Yeah, so essentially what what we want to do with these beer tasting parties is uh, we'll start off doing in-home when when we're allowed to and when it's safe to do so. Uh, But what we'll do is we'll, we'll have four maybe six different breweries that we'll bring beer of and there'll be all different flavors and different kinds. Um, and then we'll come in and we'll, we'll do a, an entire interactive beer tasting experience. So we'll, we'll bring in different fruits, uh, chocolates, different foods that are going to pair well with those beers. And we'll show you how to taste those specific flavors within that beer. So say it's, uh, for example, a, a strawberry hefeweizen. We're going to bring in strawberries. We're going to give you that hefeweizen. We're going to have you taste, smell the strawberry itself, and then we're going to have you drink the beer. And we're going to see if you can get those same fruity characteristics from the strawberry in the beer itself. So again, it's going to be an entire interactive experience of how to get certain tastes and aromas out of beer. Okay, well, it, uh, here's a good question for you. Um, what about an on-site tasting? Would you consider coming to our studio and we do a mass tasting on our show and we'll provide the nachos oh. for you? <laughs> of course. That nice. sounds like fun. Um, we're, we'll have to figure out a way to do that. Well, Jeremy, this is a pretty cool idea and we hope it takes off for you. Ross and I are looking forward to the possibility of getting drunk, I mean, experiencing a personal in-studio tasting soon or joining you on your next bus tour. Hell, maybe we can even do a remote podcast on one, or at least a segment from one. That's a great idea, dude. A live remote from the party bus. I mean, the educational bus tour. Well, that, <laughs> well, that was Jeremy Newman, proprietor of New Brew. Jeremy, thank you for being on our show today. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. It, it was definitely awesome getting to educate a little bit more. And again, this is a big passion of mine. Cool. Jeremy, by being on our show, you are now guilty by association by being a follower and a friend of our show. And Ross, I can tell you, I can really tell by the way you've drooled all over your already beer-stained sweatshirt that this business is not only unique, but a great idea. I think it's a fabulous idea. I think it fits right into our, our, our fan base perfectly. Beer. Beer. 
Well, this has been fun, but we must move forward to other portions of the show. I mean, you and I could definitely do an hour-long show on this topic. But we do have younger listeners to cater to. Which is scary. And, Ross, I see the online mailbag is steadily filling up. So what do you say we lessen the load a bit and quickly segue into our fans' favorite piece, Hot Pockets, where before each show... We pull listeners' questions or comments right from the Two Dudes with Attitudes Facebook fan page. We write them down on little individual pieces of paper, place them in the official Two Dudes brown paper bag, shake them up, and then randomly pull out a few to give it the Two Dudes with Attitudes treatment. With our typical honest yet asinine approach, only we know how, but before we enlighten a few lucky fans... We must first do the public service warning. The FLLSPSA, we paid our attorneys to prepare for us. And for those of you tuning us in for the very first time, FLLSPSA stands for the Far Left Libtard Snowflake Public Service Announcement. So, Ross, care to do the honors again? I would love to. Thank you for the opportunity. Okay, so if you're a member of the FLLS Society or one of their sheep followers, you're requested to go somewhere else and kick yourself in the nuts, if you're male of the species, that is. Or go read any book written by Oprah Winbag, or tune in any show on the Oprah TV network if you are of the female persuasion. Because Whip and I know full well that... You can't handle the truth! Well said, partner. So now with all that said, let me shake up this these bags of questions here. Over and over again, get them good and loose. We must... We've got to quit putting so many in here at one time because we literally can fill this bag ten times over with all the questions that we get. We're just popular guys. And we're only picking anywhere from two to four, so. Mix it up, mix it up. I'll draw the first one today. All right, today's first Hot Pocket is from A Farmer in Gray's Lake. And he, or she, asks... Who has been the most influential person in your life? Ross, I'm going to let you go first. Gee, thanks for the opportunity to answer this question first. Surely. I have to go with my old man. And for a couple of different reasons, and both good and bad, okay? Uh, good is I, I watch my dad get up every morning and go to work and work all day and come home and and still have to do work when he got home. It's just, just the the ethic of getting up and going to work every day, six days a week, to pay the bills in my house. And so I learned at an early age the value of what going to work is, and I've always taken that seriously no matter what job I've ever had, whether I hated it or not. When I had a job, I did it because I, I was there for a reason. Uh, going on the good side again, I learned how to bet on sports for my old man. And I won't go into any other further detail than that. And then the other thing as far as influential is I learned how to lose my mind when I get mad at somebody. <laughs> and I have the exact same temper that my dad had growing up. And unfortunately, it, it has never subsided and in some cases has gotten worse, as you have, as you have witnessed. Oh, yeah. Many, many a time I've talked you off the ledge or literally pulled you off the ledge. So... Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. And, you know, I thought about this as you were talking, and I could say the same thing about my dad as it was with you and your father. As much as my dad was, in fact, an influence on my life, I'm going to have to go with my grandfather. For all the reasons you mentioned, just add to that, though, 
what you need to do. You know, provide for your family no matter how you're feeling on any given day. But what he also instilled in me is that don't back down from anyone mentality. He taught me that the measure of a man is to be tough in front of all adversity and to never start a fight, but never be afraid to finish one if one were to find you. So that's that's the one thing I pull away from my granddad. Yeah. All right, Ross. Time to mix them up here again. I'm going to let you pick this one. All right, I, I got this one. The bag is still really full. It's hard to shake them up. I know. All right, you ready? Yep. All right, let me go get there. All right, here we go. I've got one. It is from Cindy in Winthrop Harbor, and she asks, if you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go and why? Hmm, interesting. Well, I got to say, I've been to Munich for Oktoberfest. I've been to New Orleans for Mardi Gras. I've been to Amsterdam for, well, (laughs) you know, Because I was in the military for three years and was fortunate enough for Uncle Sam to foot the bill for all my travels, Uh, plus being a Navy brat for all my young life. So that with that, you know, we've been to most places across this wonderful country of ours. But uh, the one place I haven't been and it's on my bucket list, I have to say Italy. I always thought it would be cool, you know, to see the Italian countryside, experience life in Numerous Italian cities, sample real Italian foods. Plus on my bucket list related to that is I want to have an audience with the Pope, being the devout Catholic that I am. Really? Really. I would love to sit down with the Pope, no matter who it is at the time that I'm given that opportunity. I want to talk about my life. I want to talk about the mistakes I've made in my life. And for lack of a better term, I don't want to say my sins, but yeah, we're all sinners, so let's not kid ourselves. Talk about the good things that I'm thankful for, and I want to get the blessing from the Pope. Fair enough. It makes sense. It's, it's, it's a bucket list trip for a lot of people. It is. All right, so my ideal travel or where I would go would be to follow the bourbon trail in Kentucky. Nice. You know I am a fan of bourbon. Yes. And I would love just to drive because I've actually driven through there. Uh, we drove. We went on a cruise several years ago, and we drove to South Carolina. And you drive through Kentucky, and you see all the signs. You know this part, the Bourbon Trail here, the Bourbon Trail here, and you go through all the distilleries. And I would just be in complete and utter heaven if I had that opportunity. Now we're not looking to get hammered doing it. But just to be able to see how it's done and each distillery is done and, and sample their wares would be, well, great. So can I break your heart a little bit here? I've actually done that. Being stationed at Fort Campbell, Kentucky in my early military career, yeah, we did that one weekend. Right. Well, here's the other thing. I don't I, remember half of it. I'm sure you didn't. <laughs> but here's the other thing. I think since you've done it to now – I think there's more on that trail now. There is. There is. So it's a it's an obvious thing for a revisit. I would agree with that. There you go. All right. Well, time to shake these things up again. It's my turn to pick one up here. Oh, shit. I think I just ripped the bag. Ross, put this on our grocery list. We need new paper bags. All right. Sounds good. All right. We need one of those contractor garbage bags now. I know. All right. Pull this one out. Here we go. Tim from Naperville wants to know, you guys have shamelessly touted your love for the Bears, White Sox, Bulls, Blackhawks, and your hatred for the Cubs and Packers. What if there were no Chicago teams? Who would be your favorites then? 
I throw this one up to you, partner. Ooh, thanks for serving this one up for me. Um, that's a tough one. I would have to go with for football. I don't know. I can't do the Packers. I almost have to say the Arizona Cardinals. And if you think about the Arizona Cardinals and you retrace their history, they did start their career, their their team as the Chicago Cardinals and played at Old Comiskey Park. Didn't they play at Wrigley Field too? No, that would be our the beloved paid that played there. The oh, Cardinals okay. played on the South Side, so I'd have to go with the Chicago Car- Arizona State, whatever you want to okay. call them. I can, I, I can see that baseball. Um, I would. It's it's no secret that I would be an absolute Yankee fan. Because okay. that was the first baseball, Little League baseball team that I played on that had uniforms. I was kind of figuring you were going to go in that direction. And we got to wear the black hat with the NY and the pinstripe jerseys. You know, that's actually a navy, a dark navy blue. I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of like the Bears jersey, that navy blue, black, whatever. I know. Hockey, um, the Detroit Red Wings, because it's an historic franchise. I think I just... Knocked you down a couple of pegs on my respect meter. But go ahead. All right. Well, you're, already, you are, you're already well aware of my hatred of all things Detroit. I know that. We've discussed that on several occasions. And as far as basketball, uh, I don't even know. It's a tough one. Uh, without the Bulls, there really is no interest in the NBA in my <laughs> case. But I, And actually right now, there's n- not even with the Bulls, there's any interest in the NBA. All but right. if I had to make a choice... I guess I'd have to go with the Lakers because it's just that. I because mean, it's the Lakers. The Lakers. Kind of like the New York Yankees thing. Right. Well, no, the Yankees thing is, I mean, it's a little bit more. I, I, I like the Yankees, but the Lakers, it's just because it's the Lakers, you know. Okay. I hear you. And I threw up in my mouth a little bit for saying that. I know. All right. For me, this is kind of easy because some of them kind of go into my childhood and how I was, ra- the fandom that I was raised in there, but some have migrated from there. So football. This is easy. Living on the East Coast for as long as I did and raising a family out in Northern Virginia near Washington, D.C., one would think I would be now picking the Redskins. No, because I truly hate the Redskins, and I hope they fold up their franchise and they implode the stadium. That's how much I hate the Red the Redskins. Give Schneider a little bit of time. He just might happen. He's doing everything possible. But, no, my, f- my football fandom would go right straight to the Baltimore Ravens. And here's why. When... I guess it could be called the Cleveland Browns, actually yeah. moved from Cleveland to Baltimore. They immediately were renamed the Ravens. Right. So they could disassociate themselves with the Browns franchise. And it was maybe two years or a little bit more after that, my son was of football age and started going to football camps that were sponsored by the University of Maryland. Well, some of the University of Maryland football camps were also manned by Baltimore Ravens staff members. It was at one of these camps. It was a combination quarterbacks and linebackers camp where he went there for uh, quarterbacks camp. It was killing him because in Little League football, he doubled as not only the quarterback but also the middle linebacker, which is kind of a no-no in nowadays football. You don't put your number one player, your most important player on your offense, in a position to hurt himself on defense. I get that, but it's Little League football. And he did very well in the in the quarterbacks camp, but there to watch the linebackers was Ray Lewis. Now, my son was starting to admire the Baltimore Ravens. He totally fell in love with the Ravens after he met Ray Lewis, who personally came over. And although my son finished second in the competition for quarterbacks, shook his hand. 
he wanted to take a picture with my son and autograph it for him. He went through that trouble to go introduce himself to my son and told him, you're going to be one hell of a quarterback if you keep it up. Really? Yeah. So right there, that told me, I don't care what you say about Ray Lewis and his past going into Baltimore, but he's a stand-up guy, and I immediately had a, a love for the Baltimore Ravens to where my ultimate Super Bowl has always been Bears versus Ravens with the Bears winning in overtime by a last-second field goal. I thought you were <laughs> going to be a Baltimore Ravens fan because you're an Edgar Allan Poe fan, but I no. guess I was wrong. Uh, baseball, this is easy. The Milwaukee Brewers were always my team as a little kid growing up. You've mentioned that to me before. But if I had to pick another one, I also like the Washington Nationals, again, because I lived out there and saw the Montreal Expos make their – their uh, transition to the Washington, D.C. area. You do know the Nationals are a former Expos. I, I do know that. You know, and their claim to fame was Tim Raines. I Tim mean, Raines. Who played for our beloved White Sox, too. Absolutely, but went into the Hall of Fame as an Expo, but we won't go there. And Vlad Guerrero. and Yep. Mm -hmm. Hockey would be the Washington Capitals. There's the, a shocker there. For, for the whole East Coast thing and having met Alex Ovechkin. I've heard that story. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. And then my basketball team would be the Milwaukee Bucks. They'd always been my favorite team growing up, to include when I got out of college. I went for a free agent tryout. Lasted four whole days. And, okay, enough said there. Did you get any swag at least to keep? Absolutely none. They no. gave away nothing. So when you got cut, they're, true. real quick story here. So when you're trying out, you're not a member of the actual free agents and, and draftees that come into camp. You have your own locker room, and there's, there's probably about, I'd say, 12, 15 of us in the room, all open lockers. You had one locker. You can lock your valuables, but everything else was open. They gave you your shoes. They gave you anything you wanted. Now, they didn't give it to you, your socks and all that other under stuff, but if you asked for it, they would give it to you, but they gave you your practice shorts, your practice shirts, your warm-ups, whole nine yards. And I was like, oh, man, even if I don't make this team, I got me some cool swag. I knew exactly where you were going with that thought. So, but as soon as I come into the building on, like, I think it was the fourth day, I came into the building, and right away the direct, one of the people who worked for the director of player personnel says, come on, Mr. Whipple, we got to go talk to the coach. And I knew what was coming. The Turk. Yeah. So as soon as I'm, okay, I get it. I had fun. Thanks, Coach, for giving me the opportunity. I, I had a blast. I got to play against Quinn Buckner. So I go to my locker to get my personals out of there, and every bit of Milwaukee Bucks swag was cleaned out of my locker. I'm sure it is. To include the socks and the jock that they put in there. <laughs> I hope they didn't reissue that somewhere. Uh, I hope so, too. So, All right, Ross, I think we have time for just one more here before we start getting really boring to these people listening to our sad stories. I'm going to let you pick the last one here. Uh, all right, here we go. Let me reach in. All right, here we go. Karen in Chicago asks, what would your occupation be if you had followed your childhood dreams? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss this one over to you. Um, actually, this one isn't too hard because I would say starting right about middle of seventh grade when we were getting ready to transition out of California and move to the Midwest, I'd always thought about being a police officer. As I got into high school, you know, having met police department recruits come in and talk, you know, on our career days. Right. The longer my high school career went, the more I was determined that, 
yep, I'm going to go to college, and after college, I'm going to be a police officer. And, well, one thing led to another, and, you know, as young dreams tend to do, they tend to make a detour or two or three. Or get crushed. Or get crushed. But I was able to fulfill that little portion of the dream by being a military policeman in the Army. So I got three years of being an actual police officer with all the while getting to play Army at the same time, getting to play soldier. So, yes, I think had I followed my dreams and all the stars were aligned, I would have had a career as a police officer, possibly move on to something federal, and then right now I'd be retired comfortably. There you go. All right, so my childhood dream, and I don't know if it's considered a childhood dream, but growing up uh, playing baseball where I played baseball, we were given the opportunity to be Little League umpires. You're 12 years old. You're making 10 bucks a game cash. You work three four games on a Saturday, three four games on a Sunday. It's your pinball money, basically. As I further went along with it, I eventually got my patch with the state of Illinois. And at that point, I had had aspirations of going to umpire an umpire school in Florida. Cool. And thinking about it, if I'd have gone when I wanted to go, I'd probably, if if I was good enough, I'd be working a game right now or in some city working a game. Unfortunately, or however you want to look at it, that was detoured several times over, hit by potholes several times over, and it puts me here right now as we speak. Yeah, I think I know those same potholes, to be quite honest with you. All right, well, that's actually kind of cool. Being a major league umpire, I think sounds to me like it would be fun get paid to go to all the major league baseball stadiums and call balls and strikes and throw high paid millionaires out of ball games. Exactly, because now in 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 the national in, in major league baseball, there's no American or National League umpire anymore. That's right. They're just all one. I remember when the National League went with the inside chest protector and the American League had the big balloon. Now it's all. But just think about it. How cool that could have been. You stay in quality hotels. I know. Um, everything's paid for. You don't have to deal with your luggage because your equipment is sent ahead for you. You have a clubhouse attendant at the stadium that takes care of your stuff. You work one game every four days behind the plate. Not like when you work in high school. You work, you'd be working the dish every day. Every day. And so it's every fourth day you're behind it. And then you get the easy job after you work the plate because you get to work third base. Yay. Well, Ross, I can tell that we are out of time for this particular block of Trivial Pursuit because our producer keeps adamantly pointing at his watch and making that breaking gesture with his hands, which can only mean we need to pay tribute to our show sponsors. And by the way that you're, you keep bouncing up and down in your seat tells me we need to take a pause for the cause, cause you need to go to the bathroom. So Ross and I are going to step aside for a couple minutes, and when we return, we will toss that hand grenade into his mind to see what he wants to rant about today in Ross's Rant. So don't go too far. We'll be back right before you know it. Don't you dare click that end button. The two dudes will be right back after a brief sponsor break.
The Chick-fil-A update. The BCC, the Bovine Communications Committee, has banned the use of the word beef on commercial airwaves. Cows call it the B word. Ends in F, two E's in the middle. Phrases like where's the beef are now punishable with random electric cattle prodding. Should you ever say beef or crave beef, head to Chick-fil-A. Then think good thoughts and eat good things, like the original chicken sandwich. A tender, juicy breast of chicken placed on a hot buttered bun with two crucial pickles. I've got no with that. Chick-fil-A. We didn't invent the chicken, just the chicken sandwich. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Overzealous Foulball Catcher. Mr. Overzealous Foulball Catcher. You're nowhere close to that foul ball heading for the bleachers. Who cares? You're going for it. That ball's mine. Hot dog vendors, old ladies, infants. You mow them over like a diesel-powered combine. Yeah! Ashamed of your souvenir fervor? Hardly. You scratch and gouge your way to the ball like a bloodthirsty wolverine. You're a feisty rodent. So crack open a nice cold Bud Light, Mr. Bully of the Bleachers. Because why pay for a souvenir when you can fight for one? Mr. Overzell's Cowboy Catcher. Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. I'm lucky. Let me help you with that. I get to do something I love. It has nothing to do with touchdowns or titles. Everybody bring it in. I get to play a part in the life of someone just starting out. How many of you think homework is just as important as teamwork? I help keep kids in school. Good. And that's the name of the game. My name is LaDainian Thomason. I don't just wear the shirt. I live it. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. And we're back, everyone, with the web's weirdest one hour you'll ever experience purposely. Two Dudes with Attitudes, Guilty by Association, the show that makes most listeners say to themselves after listening, well, there's an hour out of my life I'll never get back. And it's time now for a potentially explosive portion of our show each week. We call it Ross's Rants, where we rattle Ross's cage and allow him to vent anything that's bugging the shit out of him at at any particular moment. So, and Ross... What's got your boxers in a bunch today? All right. I think you'll appreciate this one. I think anybody that's listening to this show and is familiar with the area that we cover, my rant today is drivers east of 41 in Lake County. Can I jump on that rant with you? Absolutely. <laughs> there, there's, there's something that as soon as you cross 41, it's like a black hole, a vortex, I don't know, it sucks the life out of people's minds, and they forget how to drive. And I don't care if it's Waukegan, Zion, up near Kenosha, or all the way down to the Highland Park area. You know, everybody has a different kind of car, but the driving is stupid. Everybody is selfish, and I don't think they have an actual driver's license. And it's annoying because it's something that we experience every day to and from work and have been for the last, oh, I don't know, 17 years in my case. Well, can I just share with you one thing? Please do. We both work in Waukegan, and I know you're referring at least to the experiences that you opened up with. 
your experiences in Waukegan, in driving in and around Waukegan? For the most part, yes. Having grown up for the most part of my life in Waukegan, having gotten my driver's license in Waukegan. So you're saying you're one of those drivers then? Having learned how to drive in Waukegan. So no, you're one of those drivers. I, I can drive. I can drive with the best of them. But your opinion of drivers east of 41, whether, like you said, North Chicago, Waukegan, Zion, Winthrop Harbor, or points even further south than North Chicago, you are absolutely correct. That has been the opinion since I can remember back in the 70s. Really? What, 1970s. What is it? What is with it? That it's like a demarcation line. It's a demilitarized zone. Once you get across 41, it's like, uh, I don't know how to drive. They don't know how to use the turn signals. They don't know. Or they'll ride their brakes, or they don't use their brakes, or they don't. I don't know. I think what it is is if you live east of 41 and you have failed your written tri- written test more than five times, I've if, witnessed that, by the way. If you have failed your practical test more than five times, they will issue you a East of 41 only operator's permit, which means if you go west of Route 41, you can immediately be arrested because it's the equivalent to having an ankle bracelet on you. The state police will know that you've crossed 41, and they're going to lock you up and you'll never get a license again. So they basically combine it. We're, we're almost like Escape from New York. Hey, it is. <laughs> Are you Kurt Russell? Um, no, the I've witnessed someone take a written exam seven times in the course of a twenty-minute span at the DM at a local DMV. As I, I had to go renew my license, and I had to take the written exam. I was done in about five minutes, six minutes, but I'm waiting to and from you know the lines at the DMV. And this guy went up like seven times before he finally passed. And I'm going, wow. you're going to give him a driver's license. No wonder. And that'll do it for show number six of our weekly and bi-weekly incoherent ramblings and sarcastic attacks on all things stupid. Ross, as we get ready to depart, why don't you give us your final thoughts before it's off to football practice for you and me? Final thoughts. Um, I think we have a flip in the weather. I think the weather is getting warmer and warmer and warmer. And I'm excited because I'm just tired of freezing at football practice every night oh my god it's it's brutal i'm so looking forward to wearing shorts all day every day even at football practice but you know and then final thoughts it's warm it's getting there all right my final thought is here you go ready for it i'm waiting for everybody listen take note i'll give you a second to get a piece of paper and a pencil if you want to write this down i tell you it is noteworthy okay here it goes always remember No matter where you go, there you are. Think about it. I did. That's profound. So there you have it. Show number six is in the books. Ross and I will be back on April 19th with another mind-expanding or blowing collection of thought-provoking commentary. We hear the cancel culture is on the move again, so we promise to take aim at those fucking morons again. And there's controversy over the critical race theory that we want to give our opinions on, so you won't want to miss show number seven. So don't forget to visit our Facebook page, Two Dudes with Attitudes, Guilty by Association, and our fan page by the same name. Drop us a note. Tell us how you like the show and where you listen from, or send us a message for one of our fan-integrated segments. 
So that's a wrap for show number six. We're glad you tuned in. For my partner, Ross Badofsky, I'm Tom Whipple. We're off to impart wisdom onto impressionable football youth. See you all in two weeks. Thank you for listening to Two Dudes with Attitude, Guilty by Association, hosted by Tom Whipple and Ross Podowski. Two Dudes with Attitude has been presented by Chick-fil-A. We didn't invent the chicken, just the chicken sandwich. Stacy Ellison and the Main Street Real Estate Group. Whether it's your first, weekend, or forever address, let Stacy Ellison help put you into your dream home. Roost 59 Chicago Style Grill, home of the famous Roost Burger, serving the best fast food in Lake County. Come see us at our Roost 59 location in Lake Villa. And by Stretchworks Flexibility and Mobility Center, stretching redefined. Visit our website for a list of what Mark Newman and his staff of highly qualified and certified professional trainers can do to enhance your prevention, recovery, and performance training. Skipper Buds, with locations at Antioch Sequoid Harbor, Volo, and at North Point in Winthrop Harbor, serving local boaters' needs since 1959. Bye. How About Learning Tutoring Center, award-winning tutoring services ranging from early elementary to high school education, along with ACT slash SAT test preparations. Blimpy Restaurant and Sub Shop. You can't disguise the size. We've been America's sub shop since 1964. Granny's Lakeside Diner on the shore of Spring Lakes Marina in Antioch, serving the best breakfast and lunch with the freshest ingredients for over 50 years. Buy GameDayMagazine.com, coming soon to Northern Illinois, broadcasting and reporting local high school sports online worldwide since 2001. And buy Chico's Bail Bonds, when you're behind bars, we're your key to a quick release. Don't forget to like the Two Dudes Facebook page and join the fan page so you can message and interact with the show. Two Dudes with Attitude Guilty by Association is a T&R production, all rights reserved.